This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. This is the Coast and Country download from the BBC. You can find the terms and conditions on our website at www.bbc.co.uk forward slash radio 4. Today you can hear Open Country with me, Helen Mark. I'm sorry to have to drag you up the uh, hill through the uh, sand and gravel quarry, but it does give us a little bit of altitude for a viewpoint to get the scale of the site, so I can explain a little bit more about it. And yes, it is worth a bit of a climb, isn't it? Because it gives us such a view over this part of Lincolnshire, which is magnificent. And what we're looking at has... An old story and a new story to tell, doesn't it? This is the former RAF Woodhall Spa base. It is, yes. yes. Famous 617 Squadron Air Base. The Dam Busters. It is, yes. yes. This, is what, this is where they were based? The, the actual flight for the Dam Busters raid was from Scampton, about 20 miles away, but this was their home base. And in terms of that RAF base as was, what, you know, what is there left of it now? Because we are in the midst of a quarry. Yes, right in the middle of the, the um, extraction site. But you can see stretching away in the distance the old hall road from the quarry, and that is on the footprint of the runway, 150 feet, mm-hmm. going right up to the pond in the far distance. Wow. That was the entire length. Wow, amazing, isn't it? It's superb. The scale of it is impressive, which is why I needed you to come and climb up this heap of sand. <laughs> to get to see it properly. Just to see it properly. <laughs> because its future is about being something else. And in a way, that's what I've, I've come to Lincolnshire for, for this week's Open Country, because this county is so well known for its disused and abandoned airfields, constructed, what, 70, 80 years ago. You know, what place do they have, if any, now in the story of Lincolnshire? And for Woodhall Spa, it's a good story. It is, yes. As you drive round, you'll notice a lot of chicken sheds, uh, there's still gliding clubs, uh, industrial units... And these are all on the footprints of the old airfields. So they're big, flat, solid runways. So there's a multitude of different uses. But our purpose is to turn this back into a nature reserve. And you, Dave Bromwich, are from the Lincolnshire Wildlife Trust, a nature reserve. We will respect the aviation heritage, maintain the runway footprints as best we can and any other of the infrastructure, but the wildlife will take precedence. We're talking heritage of aircraft, but there is a modern-day presence of aircraft in the skies all the time, in sound and the traces that they leave in the blue sky above us. We're very close to RAF Coningsby, uh, where they operate typhoons from, so there is a lot of aircraft noise, and the Battle of Britain Memorial flight still based there. So the Lancaster, Spitfires and Hurricanes still fly over this site. It's a new project too, isn't it, Dave? You're really just starting out. We've managed to acquire 300 acres of the 550 acres of the airfield. So the Lincoln Road cattle you can see, that's over on the restored areas. So as you can see from the forest, the the landscape drops down. There's been an awful lot, millions of tonnes of of sand has been extracted, restored back to low-level grassland. So our Lincoln Road cattle and the sheep are helping to restore all the grassland. They're doing a clean-up job, the sheep here too. They're all volunteers doing a wonderful bit of uh, meadow management. <laughs> and, but I see too, not just those grasslands with, with livestock grazing, but I also see that you know the, there's a pondscape as well, isn't there, where there obviously was some very deep extraction. Very much more the traditional gravel pit scene. Mm-hmm. Reed beds, willow tree fringing, all starting to soften the hardness that's been left by the gravel extraction. Mm-hmm. 
If we could put it back to Heathland, that would be great. What would that be? What have you found? Well, the obvious ones would be the gorse and the heather and the broom. But there's lots of uh, the bird's foot trefoils, the acid grassland indicators like that, some of the cudweeds and smaller plants. Strangely for an acid site, we've got bee orchid growing, and that's associated with the limestone that was brought in to build the runways. So the quarrying has mixed up the soils an awful lot. We have a bit of an issue. We've got invasive aliens as well on our site. We've got Crassula helmsii, the Australian swamp stone crop. And the other problem is a plant which is piripiribur. And that's come in with, we believe, the New Zealand airmen who were based here. Over in the trees, that's where all the original buildings were. And this plant has got very bristly seeds. It comes in on their kit bags and the piripiribur is now creeping out of the forest from the old buildings and invading the acid grassland. So with the Australian swamp stone crop and the New Zealand piripiribur, we're um, quite a cosmopolitan mix. Yeah, it's just a reminder of its former international use, isn't it? Indeed it is. The other uh, international element as well is um, a lot of Polish airmen obviously very bravely served in, in this area of World War II. And on some of the big trees in the, in the forest, we've got beech trees, and there are the Polish eagles and insignia have been carved into the beech trees, and they're still there as well. Well, I've come down from our sandcastle in the midst of the runway onto the place where... And actually, if you just dig away with your feet, you can begin to see pieces of the concrete underneath as we stand on the edge of the runway. And I'm with Chris Williams. And your father was based here at Woodhall Spa... Yes, he was. He was a Lancaster bomber pilot in 617 Squadron. Let's walk along a little bit, shall we, Chris, because this is your first time here. It is, yes. And I just wonder what your impressions are as you look upon it in its state now. Well, being a Lincolnshire person for the last 30 years, I'm quite used to abandoned airfields, but this one is very different because we've got the strong family connection and it hasn't been taken over for a housing estate, shall we say, or simply ploughed up and reincorporated into the landscape. So I'm standing here on the concrete and I'm just getting this image of a group of Lancasters in the evening lining up here because their flights were always at night and they would take off and they'd make their eight-hour, ten-hour round trips and return at dawn. So I can sense that. Yes, I I did get that feeling. How do you feel about this former airfield um, becoming an, an, a nature reserve, this living landscape that Dave was describing it as? Well, I'm absolutely delighted because I hadn't realised it would be possible. Is it important that it reflects its aviation history? Yes, I think it's absolutely crucial because there's an evolution here and it was a farm and then it was an airfield and then it was a quarry. And now it's reverting to a more modern style of farm where you are actually combining the agriculture, um, the Lincolnshire Reds and Hebridean sheep and so on, with the possibility of preserving and developing a landscape. So I think the mixture is phenomenal. And and for Woodhall Spa, which is already very much a centre of Bomber County with its tea shops and memorials and so on and so forth, Uh, I think this will be a great asset in many, many ways. 
when Semex were quarrying the site, um, you got a, quite a close encounter with something to do with its airfield history. And Roger Chaplin, you're, you're going to take me to have a look at that. It's in this big shed here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What did you find? Uh, while they was digging the raw material up for processing, they dug up a Second World War German bomb, 500-kilogram bomb, still live. Apparently there were six or seven dropped on the night sometime in June, I think, 1944, and none of them went off. So we've still got six more to dig up. And what happened when it was found? The quarry manager at the time dug a small hole and put it in, contacted the emergency services. Bomb disposal squad came out and fiddled about with it to try and defuse it. A few hours later, they took all the uh, explosives out and uh, did a controlled explosion. But I do believe that this part of Woodall Spa was evacuated just in case. Can we go in? Oh, just propped up against the wall. <laughs> the tail end of a bomb. That's the tail section. That's the cast iron part. Mm-hmm. Field thickness there. There's about three feet to go on the front of it, which was cut off. What a uh, memento of this place in its time as an airfield. Yeah. A bit of a frightening one. Yes, um, the quarry manager tells me the controlled explosion was carried out about midnight one night and that people from as far away as Grantham could see the blast going up in the air. So, wow. quite, a, quite an explosion. Mm. And that was a controlled explosion. Hmm. So one down and six still out there somewhere. Hmm. It doesn't look like an airfield at the moment, does it? Not no. with all this gravel. Yeah, but we're, we've got a little bit of concrete underfoot. It's runway. Yes, that's where they would have landed with the, the Lancasters. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And if we walk out, I think into what is almost would have been maybe the the centre of the cross of the, the runways north, south, east, west. And if we look out to the right across the fields where the sheep are grazing far over to where the trees lie on the horizon yes. I can see a red tiled roof that's where we lived that's where you lived yes Dora Garner you lived there as a teenager in 1942 yes but the house is right on the edge of yes. the active well, air bases was and I think my mother probably nearly had a nervous breakdown because it was very noisy one morning I remember my brothers woke up I went to the bedroom window, and there was the nose of a Lancaster within two or three yards of the window. It was coming to its dispersal point, obviously, but something went wrong with its brakes, and it couldn't stop very easily. So I think it gave him quite a shock when he woke up, and I think my mother must have had fits sometimes, because we weren't really in a safe place, were we? <laughs> it was all coiled up barbed wire, of course, round the airfield that you could get through there and we were encouraged by the airmen to go through and we could, well I suppose it sort of lightened their day a bit <laughs> we wrote messages on bombs what? which of course they would have been in trouble for but my brother said there were £10,000 bombs I know they were pretty big and you were writing what with oh messages to Hitler with chalk clear prop to get a real sense of how much land these airfields take up in Lincolnshire. You know, the best way to do that is actually to see them from above. 
So I've come to Wickenby Aerodrome, where there's a small private flying club, and I have the chance of going up in a gyrocopter with pilot Mark Carter. Now, a gyrocopter is sort of like half a helicopter. Single seats, very open to the elements, and in front of me I have like a little windscreen that you would get on a moped. The motor is behind me, the propeller above. This is going to be an experience. memorable experience being up in a craft so tiny and fragile looking above Lincolnshire and getting the perspective I did of these World War II airfield sites it is it it makes you very thoughtful about their original purpose Runway vacated, Kilo Alpha Another airfield and a different noise this time. There are people around me who are loading and unloading pieces of antique furniture. This is Hemswell Cliff Aerodrome, as was. It sits on the top of the limestone escarpment, which runs all the way across to Lincoln. And here again is another reuse, revitalisation of a former World War II airfield. I'm going into this particular part of it, this antique centre, to find Robert Miller. He's the owner. When we came here, there was no gas or electricity. Uh-huh. No windows. All the walls had been blown out. And we kind of totally rebuilt the buildings, you can see. We put new windows in, corporate identity, gardens. The grass was six foot high. <laughs> We've cut all the grass down. When you came to the site... When my it, father came to the site. Right. He bought it as a farmer, did he? He was a farmer, mm-hmm. but he bought it as a derelict site with a vision to create employment, really. So you and I, Robert, are standing in the middle. Well, it's the car park, but it gives us quite a good idea of what would have been former RAF buildings all around the car park, two-storey, brick-built. Yeah. Now converted into, well, you've got an antique centre and there are lots of other antique centres and shops and businesses all around us. We now employ, I think, on this site in excess of 300 people. You know, started with one building, went to two, and then went to three, and, and built the nursing homes here as well, and the disabled nursing homes as well. We have a very close working relationship with the RAF uh, Association for Hemswell, and I'm very proud to be a part of that organisation. And they have a reunion here on this parade square every 12 months. You get an awful lot of relatives of servicemen and still some servicemen that were actually based here come in and say, this is where I used to sleep, this is where I was based, and and tell you some very interesting stories. This was a parade ground, your car park? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can get about 400 cars on here now. (laughs) I wonder how many marching RAF men it took. Oh, I wonder. Yeah, it's... uh, When you see the Lancaster come over and flying over here, it is quite... um, Heartbreaking, really.
of the dozens of former airfields that were in Lincolnshire. Some of them have been churned up and it's back to farmland. Others, they've found other uses for them, business sites, farm sites. But there are still some which hold on to the heritage. And I've come to East Kirkby, and this is the Lincolnshire Aviation Heritage Centre. And I'm going to meet Harold Panton. We live at the top of the hill at Old Bowling, so we overlook this airfield. So we've got a bird's eye view. And we used to come and watch them taking off. They were in daylight. Sometimes we'd be doing an air test, you see. And we had to walk to watch the Lancasters take it off. I can also remember the end of the runway, so we used to watch it. I can also remember one time I was watching, I could see a man stood up inside the Lancaster in, in shirt sleeves, and they kept circling round, because all off the ground kept going higher and higher. They had to come round there to get in to line up to land again, and their cockpit's about level with our bedroom window. And it was a totally different sound when it's going back in the morning, but the bombs had gone, the food, most of the fuel, the ammunition, so the aircraft was dated back to its basic weight, you know. And it sounded and it a different. total different sound coming back. Softer? Well, I, to me, it's the same as the singing. Oh, well. Yeah. That's quite poignant, really, isn't it? it? Is, They've yeah. made it home. When you first come into this vast forecourt area, all concrete, you are surrounded by buildings which give you an instant image of something military because, first of all, they're, they're all corrugated tin, painted green. There are hangars, large ones, but there are also these Nissan-type curved huts which seem only just pinned down onto the ground and then on the far side here one of the taller buildings is a control tower with the glass cabin on the top <laughs> and in the skies above the roar of two modern jets how apt when this was a, a much older world war ii airfield to have modernness in the sky and this memory of world war bomber command on the ground and all around, you've still got this sense of being in Lincolnshire because it's so flat and open and the vastness of the skies. You feel as though you're stepping back in time a little bit. Oh, yes, they're all, all air crew with volunteers. Your brother, Christopher, signed up. He went. He joined the RAF? He did, yes. He would be about 17, I should think. And my father, really what he, feels, he used to fill a diary in would always tell you the next morning how many aeroplanes was missing and he used to put them down in his diary, you see. Back to the Nuremberg Ray, what Chris was on, with his 94 bombers who went missing that night. Didn't fill it in the morning. You walk into this, it's absolutely vast, this hangar, and taking pride of place is, is just Jane, the, the Lancaster bomber. And when you walk up to it and you walk underneath the wings of it you feel absolutely tiny against this great grey spreading shadow above your head it is astounding well, what we've got to do we're going to put a building up and we're going to come and look at the Lancaster on wet days <laughs> just that's for it, yourselves yeah, a little it. bit then, of then nice people, memories and people said well you said you can't do that people want to see it you know so that's how it started. It's an amazing story. Yeah. It came out of the, in a way, the loyalty to your brother's memory. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's, Christopher. That was a spark that set it all off, definitely. Yes. 
they've been dedicated we have given everything you like to get it where it is mm. Mm. and it's been a joy to do it so you two brothers really made this happen oh yes in yeah, memory yeah. of yeah. your lost brother that's it Chris it's all above my command you mm-hmm. say yeah. and the others yeah, yeah. that's right yeah. and yeah. you would never have known at the start because you were men working on the oh, land you would oh, never no have idea. known that it would come to this oh no I mean uh, my brother-in-law well, he said it might be all right for a start for two or three years. He said you'd peter out. <laughs> I've come round the back of the buildings where the public come to, you know, to see the museum exhibits and things like that. And what you discover are great long, again, green sheds. But these are for chickens. This, in a way, is how the whole Aviation Heritage Museum came about was because of chickens, and they're on this very site. And I'm with Philip. Now, your father was Fred, who, who died quite recently, and the two brothers, he and Harold, started the museum off. And you are obviously, like all the family involved, and these are the chicken sheds on the hard standings, on the runways. That's right. <laughs> it, it, it's Funnily enough, many airfields have got poultry sites on, and it was because of an existing poultry site we bought the area... Unfortunately, we had more than what we needed, uh, which allowed us to create the museum in later years. So, really, they've built up together, adjacent to one another, and it's part of the whole family business, if you like. So we've got two aspects of the family business working together. Side by side, on the airfield, the museum and a chicken farm. That's right. How many chickens are we talking about? On this particular side, we've got 200,000 chickens, mm-hmm. which it does seem rather a lot. But uh, the site has grown, as a museum has done, and they seem to work well together. And as you were growing up, Philip, you would have seen the museum growing. How would you describe it as you've seen it develop? What, what would you say about the museum? What we've tried to do with the museum is recreate a bomber airfield. And we've tried to recreate the 1940s atmosphere... Obviously, the centrepiece of the museum is the Lancaster, which everybody loves who come here. When it first arrived back in 1988, and it was in the hangar, I felt as I could just draw a chair up in the corner and just sit there and watch it, it that special atmosphere around it. And even today, I've, I've seen it for something like 25 years, you still never tire of it. You feel it's a delicate thing, and you don't want to move it. But when we... F- thought about getting the engines working that brought it to life and particularly when we taxied it for the first time you know I must admit a tear crossed my eye because the machine had come to life and it does affect everybody who sees it. And your uncle Harold and I'm sure your father Fred as boys came out to listen to the roar of the planes they talked about just below the hills there and watched them come in and take off so they, the, that noise is a family it's a family thing it is it, it is very special I, I know my dad has told me stories about when he was a young lad when the lanks used to take off my dad used to cycle well, he used to walk down to the end of the runway to see them take off and he describes the sky being full of Lancasters 35 aircraft at the maximum just circling the airfield and all the noise and the vision associated with it so it's something we can only imagine nowadays and perhaps 
we can help to bring that sort of feeling to visitors who come to the museum and see what we have to show.